Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesu sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Merlin, where wizards like to flirt with other wizards. Uh, and just really anybody, Chris. But they, really, they just, it's, they just, it's actually quite a few, uh, not, not very many wizards, but... Um, yeah, so far I not agree. a lot of wizards, but wizards and knights, wizards and, and ladies, wizards and ladies in waiting... Uh, mm. Not so much any wizards and kings though. Merlin and Uther don't really have any kind of chemistry. Merlin and Ur- uh, yeah, and Uther have very little chemistry. Season five. That that we'll wait for. Yeah. We'll season wait for five, maybe there'll be more chemistry. Yeah, the the Muther ship will come out in the season Muther five. Ship, uh, the rare pair. <laughs> rare pair <laughs> that Merlin is Merlin and, and uh, Uther. You didn't have to spell it with two O's, but I'm glad they did. You know what I'm saying? The, the two. <laughs> glad the internet people decide to spell it the right way. How are you, Chris? Um, I'm doing all right, Jeremy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, before we get into the main show, we like to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. It is a different name because that's the name that we started with. Um, so, yeah. Go go check us out yeah. over there. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've changed some stuff over there recently. Uh, so now when you join, there's a pretty clear direction to how to join the Discord, how to get your audio feed, and also you'll have a link to a page with all of the podcasts that Chris and I have done that is exclusive to Patreon, including Witcher stuff and Lord of the Rings stuff and Dr. Horrible. Like mm-hmm. We have a ton of stuff on there that um, it was relatively hard to find until recently, so I, I've tried to make that easy for people. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Come join the Discord. Come hang out with us. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, you ready to hear about what happened last time on Merlin? Please. Okay, last time on Merlin, 
After being poisoned by Nimue as part of her plot to take down Uther, Merlin is left on the brink of death. Out of options, Arthur disobeys his father and sets out on a dangerous journey to find the antidote needed to save his trusty manservant. Along the way, he fights a sweet CGI monster, a bunch of spiders, and an angry sorceress. But with a little help from Merlin Mindfreak, he's able to make it back to Camelot just in time to save Merlin. You love to see it. We are discussing Merlin Season 1, Episode 5, Lancelot. This was written by Jake Mishi, directed by Ed Freeman, and was released on October 18th, 2008. Merlin barely escapes the attack of a magical winged creature when a young swordsman called Lancelot appears and fights the creature away, saving his life. Grateful, Merlin rushes Lancelot to Gaius to treat his wounds. Lancelot confides in Merlin his dream of becoming a knight and protecting Camelot. Merlin makes it his mission to convince Arthur... Arthur of Lancelot's nobility and great fighting skills. For it, he wishes to repay him. What? For he wishes to repay him by helping him become a knight of Camelot, even if it means bending the rules. All right. Once again, we no longer need to cover this episode. Thanks a lot. A lot of a lot. Again, I'm having difficulty finding like really short summaries <laughs> of this stuff. So uh, now we're just um, now I'm going to lean into it and just make them longer and longer I, uh, every week. I, I liked this episode a lot. I, I for some reason in my memory thought I didn't like Lance a lot, but I do. I like him a lot. He's good. He's great. He's also got like instant chemistry with literally everyone that he meets in mm-hmm. Camelot with mm-hmm. the exception. Which is, of, I think that's like that's the prerequisite for this show. Is yes. You have to have chemistry yeah, yeah. with everyone. You kinda, yeah, I'm, I'm sure when they, they're casting people, they just put them in a room with all of these people and be like, yeah, y'all, y'all look like y'all would bone down if we just let you here by yourselves eventually. Like y'all would, y'all would get it together and figure it out. So uh, yeah, you're, you're hired. Um, this is a, this is a really good episode. I've actually been really surprised, and I, and I I keep saying this on this podcast, even though we chose this show for a reason. But like in my memory, these first seasons were a little were a lot worse. Um, it's turning out that they're a lot better than I remembered, which is which is mm-hmm. great. I think if you just allow yourself to have fun with you know some of the crappy CGI or whatever, uh, you end up having a good time rather than sitting there and trying to you know rip it apart. Because of course the CGI monsters are, or rather the the fights with them, the interaction with them is probably like the biggest weak point yeah. of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like ah, who cares? I, I don't care. My yeah. mind can make up the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to see the super specifics. What I do need to see is Merlin picking mushrooms. That's what he does at the very beginning of this episode, Chris. He's just doing a little fungi collecting. He's just and out there. we don't ever find out if there's any lore behind that. Did Gaius send him? Are they just trying to get a little bit high? Are they trying to mix some stuff up? We just we simply don't I assume, know the situation there. I assume that we don't see this happening every week, but it's what he does to feed himself. Like he's he's <laughs> you know you know there's foraging. people out there that are just like forage only. I can't remember like they have a specific term for themselves, but it's like we we only eat the stuff that we can forage yeah. from the forest. Yeah. I feel like Merlin is doing that not by choice, but by necessity, because nobody else will feed him. Everybody else yeah, is guys. Suits. Guys keeps giving him gruel that we saw that gruel we saw in episode uh-huh. one, and he's like, "Okay, but seriously, when does this joke end? I can't eat this yeah, shit." Yeah, this is this is bad gruel. I didn't know you could. It make comes out bad the same gruel. way it goes in, man. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> this is just a bad thing. Uh, he's out there picking the mushrooms, uh, which look hella fake. It was really really weird looking mushrooms for some <laughs> reason. Um, and then out comes a griffin. Just out of nowhere. Uh, Merlin, where the fuck are you at that griffins can just randomly attack you? Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like this is this is just maybe, you know, maybe his magic aura sort of just sure. draws this yeah, thing yeah. to him. But yeah, we got a griffin problem in, in the neighborhood. Um, and, and Merlin sees this thing um, right off the bat. And instead of doing anything, he just like runs away from it. I don't know why I expected. But I was like, all right, what's Mer- is Merlin going to tame it like he's Harry Potter? No. No. He's not. He's going to flee. He's going to trip um, over a log and fall on his ass before he even thinks And then he's he like, well, magic. I guess I just die until a hunky swordsman 
shows up and starts doing some stuff. Doing some um, sword work. Doing some we, sword We get craft. this dude doing sword work, and then, you know, he's having his awkward battle with this. We don't know who this guy is, but then his sword breaks, and then he just grabs Merlin, and the two of them start fleeing together. Um, thankfully, they're able to hide behind a log, and then the beast just kind of takes off. Um, not very persistent, this one. No. He's not he's not not super interested in really going after it. He's just like, oh, I'll just do literally anything else and fly away. Yes. Um, when Merlin finally stops and he thanks this guy, he's like, you just saved my life. Uh, what's your name? And he says Lancelot. But then, boom, he's he's knocked the fuck out because he's wounded. He got he got a little he got he, a claw got into he got his a stomach. little barbed. Got, he got, got a little barbed, barbed in there. Um, we jump over to the lab where uh, Merlin has brought Lancelot back. Gaius says, "This dude's gonna be fine. He's so hunky. He's overpowering the barbs. No worries." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we jump over to Arthur and Uther. <laughs> I guess he was just really, really tired. He's just really <laughs> sleepy. Yeah, but don't worry. He's handsome enough that he can just power right through this. It will not be a big yeah. deal for Lancelot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we jump over to Arthur and Uther, who were uh, not helping a burning village. No, never helping. I don't. <laughs> just... Uther, Uther does not do anything ever to help anyone. Arthur tries. But <laughs> there's a they're sitting on like a like a the top of a hill, basically out looking out towards one of their villages, which are I, I'm presuming that Camelot exists to protect. And and it's just on fire. Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing it's is on, on fire. fire for some it's reason, fire. which is weird because the Griffin doesn't breathe fire ever in this episode. The Griffin just runs around and eats. People. I kept expecting it to breathe fire. Yeah, I thought that's that seems like a strange lore choice for Griffins to breathe fire, but I'm not going to complain. So in my you know, mind, it's a, fan- it's a fantasy world. What's happened is the Griffin has attacked, and the, the villagers tried to set it on fire and then just set themselves on fire, and then yep. Uther comes along and is like, these are fucking idiots. I'm just going home. Let's go back to Camelot. It was actually, it was just one kid smoking in the barn <laughs> where his mom would catch him. He flicked the cigarette, and then that actually ended up just drawing in. The, you know, the fire started, all the people run out screaming, and then the Griffin's like, oh, that seems like a pretty sweet spot to scoop up some peasants. So wait, are you telling me that uh, like one bad magic thing happened and Uther bans magic throughout the kingdom, but people are burning down villages with their camel cigarettes and Uther is still That's okay? Right. He's just That's right. Un- unfiltered camel cigarettes. Is it only because he's collecting that sweet, sweet tax money off of packs of and camels? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The system they is used corrupt, to go for about Chris. five bucks a pack, and now you're paying 12, 13 bucks a pack. Dude, you know I'm, I'm paying 12, 13 camels, gold pieces. Dude. I'm getting robbed when I go to the tobacco store in Camelot, dude. That's I mean, that's yeah. highway robbery. But I need my smokes, you know what I'm saying? But, I, but I'm addicted, so I can't do nothing about it. Uh, I'm 14, and I've been working my whole life, you know what I mean? Like, I need, yeah. I need my smokes. I learned how to smoke the same way I learned how to work at my dad's feet. Um, <laughs> Arthur says, like, oh, this is this griffin attack is weird. Well, they don't know it's a griffin yet, but uh, they said th- this creature, uh, it's weird because we don't have any tracks in or out, so it must be flying around, like the villager said, and also it's not taking any livestock. It's, it didn't take a cow or any chickens. It went straight to the people. It's got a taste for human flesh. Yeah, it loves it loves poor human flesh. Mm-hmm. We ju- it's not as interested in, in, in the taste of rich flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it's too fatty. He likes stringy meat. He's like I a mean, t- Mer- Mer- the show Merlin is very concerned with the class system. And I'm it just is. saying, We're, we got we got to talk about it on Still His Kingdom Keeps, Chris. We have to we have to discuss it. Um, um, we get back, back to at the lab. lab. It's the next morning. Lancelot has has woken up. He's doing okay, and he starts telling Merlin. Um, about his life's ambition, and he wants to be a knight. He wants to be a knight of Camelot. Um, and and Merlin hears this, and he's like, "That sounds great. 
That's so I got you, you fam. Me. I got you. Don't worry I, about I it. I love everyone that I meet almost immediately, unless they're Uther. And even him, I'm not really that mad at him. Yeah. Um, I watched him execute a guy. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it was weird, but like I got over it. <laughs> so Merlin is like, listen, dude, Like Arthur would, would, would love you. Like You're like a great warrior. You're brave. All this stuff that um, you're hot. You know, We love a good hot guy. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he's just like, I'll just go. I'll just go tell Arthur about it. No sweat. Um, and we immediately cut over to a like the training grounds, I guess, where um, Arthur is testing a knight um, or a, a trainee to see if he will become a knight. Uh, and the test seems like it'd be really easy to pass, uh, where you just have to last one minute in combat with Arthur. Oh, in combat. Okay. Because I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. One minute in bed with Arthur, and you're a knight. Okay. Um, well, that well, that works. This seems like a. This is. Arthur seems like really a dick in this episode because he's just so fucking full of himself. He's like, "You're gonna have to fight the most ruthless murder machine in the Camelot." Just like me. You gotta last one minute, and then he just punches <laughs> a dude out. Um, yeah. And this is a lot funnier when you realize that it's only noblemen can be. Uh, uh, knights in Camelot because that means that these are just dudes that he's been hanging out with his entire life like he just gets to beat them up all the time and nobody can say anything about it and if you don't really likes doing it and if you don't get beat up enough then you don't get to join the the hangout crew and have the special cape like it's a ridiculous there's some definite like like fraternity hazing oh well that's all that's all this is that's all this is um but yeah, he uh, this this fool comes in dual wielding like an idiot. What are you doing? What are you Who doing? are you gonna hurt with those? It's not the You're waving time those things around like they're scimitars, bro. Those are long swords. Okay, relax. I um, I I, I like the dual wielding guy, uh, but also Arthur just hits him <laughs> in the face, and it's just really mean. Yeah. Uh, after this, Arthur is complaining to Merlin um, about like how his knights are rubbish and how he, how he can't protect the Camelot with all of these rubbish knights. And Merlin's like, yo. I've got the dude. You want a guy with good hair and good arms and a good chest? And Arthur's like, "Wait, are you? What, what are you? Why are you describing this this physical specimen?" Are you to describing me? me? You could just you could just show me immediately. Like you don't need to tell me anymore. You had me a good good hair. Let's go. Hey, hey you had me a good hair. Let's go. Um, but instead, Arthur says, "Like, oh, that sounds great." And I'm sure he's a nobleman, right? Because of the first law of Camelot. And like mm-hmm. throughout this episode, like people are talking about the first law of Camelot, but. The thing that's going to bug me the most is uh, Lancelot, because I feel like if your whole life's ambition is to be a knight of Camelot, you should have known the first law, right? Like you got to definitely should. Just feels like information that you would ha- you would, you need would just to know, have um, equipped, you know. And that's and that's where we find out that he has to be a nobleman. He has to bring his noble seal into the into, to meet Arthur to to make introductions. Yeah. Um. So, but of course, Merlin can't just go. Oh, whoops. Never mind. Um, like surely they could find something else great for this guy to do, but can never give up on your dream. Um, so uh, Merlin's like, yeah, no sweat. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. Um, so Merlin goes back to the lab and he starts telling Ar- uh, Lancelot, "Hey, Arthur would love to meet you. Um, you know, you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta be a nobleman." Yeah, that's fine, right? Um, yeah. Gaius tells them the history of this rule, which is that when the Round Table was founded, or when the Knights of, the, of Camelot were founded, Uther. Uh, this is also a problem I have with this whole law situation is that everybody talks about this like it's been established for hundreds of years, but it just turns out Uther did it like 20 years ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> like 20 years ago. Like everything that happened 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, like you just did this. Like why is it that big of a deal? Like there's not that many noblemen, Dad. Like what are we doing? Yeah. yeah <laughs> How yeah, many families well, could there possibly be that have 20-year-old sons? If you just did sons? this, why don't, we just, why don't we just undo it? Yeah. 
Um, but he did this because he he knew that he would need uh, close, reliable, trustworthy people to protect them. So he only chose knights from the families that had sworn allegiance to him, uh, and that's that was created, and that created the first rule, which was mm-hmm. you have to be a nobleman of Camelot in order yeah. to be. You a have to you have to have swag. He tells have, Arthur, and Arthur is like, I will not swag respond to that. <laughs> have to have so much swag. That's why Look that dude came out there with swaggy two guys. He says, pointing around a room full of. Dorks and red capes. I will say, like these early season knights are not good extras. <laughs> they all look like no. a tremendous. We guess dorks. I th- feel like we get like a solid crew as the show goes on. We where, do. Like, you, yeah, yeah. you know the extras. They get names and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, no longer being extras. Uh, but yeah, these guys they, they don't they don't get they don't get any respect. <laughs> Merlin, of course, uh, because Merlin is a communist at heart. He's a communist wizard and thinks that everything mm-hmm. should be free for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It says this is unfair. And the look that Gaius gives him as as he's going through his little diatribe is just like, why are you the dumbest person? Like you know, you live in this system. Like you're literally a servant. Mm-hmm. Like you know that things are unfair. Like I don't know what to tell you. Why I are don't you... know how many times I have to tell you that we live in a society. Yes, we definitely. <laughs> but here I am once again explaining to you. <laughs> Uh, we skip ahead a little bit and Lancelot and Merlin are talking and Lancelot tells Merlin that he wants to be a knight because when he was a child, his village was attacked by raiders uh, and he managed to escape and he vowed that he would never be helpless again. Uh, and that ever yeah, he's like, you know, when, when you were out partying, I, have, I studied the blade. I have this exact line in my notes. I'm so happy. When you were out having premarital sex, Merlin? I was I I studying the, the way of the sword, okay? Yes, I was studying the blade. Um, I cultivated inner strength, it's, Merlin. It's funny to me, it's extremely funny to me that this dude, because I thought this story was going to, my, 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 my village was attacked by, you know, bandits or, you know, raiders or whatever, and the Knights of Camelot rolled in and saved everybody. But of course that's not true because Lancelot is older than 10. So we can't, they, there were no Knights yeah. of Camelot tw- before then. So I thought yeah. he had, he would have seen the Camelot Knights come in and, and like, no, he just, his whole, his whole crew got wiped out. And, never uh, again. His whole crew, his entire village, his parents, his family, everybody died, and he's the only survivor. And yeah, no, there's no mention of the, the Knights of Camelot coming to rescue nope. them. It's just, he's just decided like, um, those guys I want to be that, a cop. <laughs> those guys that didn't come and protect my village, I want to join yeah. them so I can cannot go and protect a village. Like he could else. be like he could be a wandering swordsman. Yeah, and no, and I feel like that's already like a tighter, cooler name, you know, than, than the Lancelot. Knight of Camelot. Now, now, not no shame on the Knight of Camelot title, mm-hmm. Knight of the Round Table. Pretty epic. Pretty good name. However, wandering swordsman is also dope. I'm just saying, wandering swordsman is good. Ronan. That's a wandering soul. This guy could this guy could have huge Ronin energy, and he's huge. really not stepping up to the plate with that because he's so single minded. He's dude. That's the system, dude. He's crossed under the system's foot, and he doesn't even know it. Doesn't even know it. He's he's licking the boot. Doesn't even know it. Um, he's licking the boot. And doesn't know it. He just thinks that's like the way his tongue. Tastes. Good guy. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, Merlin decides, that, hey, I I no rules can hold me. I am Merlin. I am six foot two and one hundred and twenty five pounds, and I do magic. So it's <laughs> off to the library. Uh, where I'm going to annoy the librarian. This is one of my favorite like characters that don't, doesn't get a lot to do is this like kind of um, old fussy librarian guy. Yeah, um, yeah. His name is Montau, I think. Monmouth, which is weird. Jeffrey Monmouth. Monmouth. Yeah, he's Jeffrey with the G of Monmouth. Super fun. Um, I wonder if that's a real person. I'm looking it up. So Merlin is looking through the old like noble uh, lineages, and he finds he was a, he was a real person. Okay, dope. 
he he finds a seal from a nobleman, and he uses his magic to copy the page and make Lancelot a noble's seal. Yeah, just a little bit of Trixie, just a little bit of Trixie magic. No big deal. No sweat. Goffrey over here almost catches him though, which is which is bad news. Goffrey. But that's what his name is. Goffrey with a G, right? Like that's what people Dude, always argue about the word GIF, right? Like, oh, that's yeah. gotta be pronounced GIF, otherwise it would be blah 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> don't give here a fuck. we go again. <laughs> this is my this is my tenth rant about this on a podcast. Um, Let's go. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, so we, you know, he does he does a cheeky little magic spell. He copies over the seal, he comes up, you mm-hmm. know. He makes him the fifth son of some house. Uh, bada bing, bada boom, we're, we're good to go. And I just think his biggest mistake was doing it on um, like poster print paper. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Way too clean, way too modern. <laughs> the second Uther gets his mitts on that thing, he's like, what is this material? Yeah, what is Everything else was written on, on campus, sewn together by one of my many peasants <laughs> who serve me. This, is, this looks clean. Morgana, the zine expert goth person, is like, yeah. oh, that's definitely uh-huh. A4, Uther. I don't know where he got that from, but that's, that's some... <laughs> That's not normal nobleman seal paper. I know. I'd make a lot of zines. Do you want to see any of my zines? I've got a lot of zines. And everyone's like, shut up about the zines. Don't care. So I, okay, not I was going to ask you, do you think Morgana is pushing her zines on everybody? Oh, yeah. Circulating through them throughout Camelot? 100%. Or is yeah. she trying to keep that a secret? I think she <laughs> leaves you... stacks of them in various places, like in the servants' quarters, because she's like trying to... It's, 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 it's a real, like... Uh, I'm rich and want to help out the poor folk without actually be mm-hmm. sacrificing anything. So I'm going to make. Do you zines. think she uses a pen name like like? Mor- uh, <laughs> instead of going by Morgana, she goes this Morgan Lefay, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we know that's you, Morgana." Yeah, we know that's we know that's you. I was going to go with something like um, Raven. <laughs> yeah. Like Morgan uh, Morgana seems like a real big like Raven kind of chick. If- yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ebony darkness. Whatever. Oh, absolutely, dude. Ebony darkness. <laughs> how how um, how familiar? are you with the um with with the my immortal uh fan fiction <laughs> i surprisingly familiar with it to be honest with you because uh one of my favorite podcasts and friends of the show uh the salt report uh who were no longer active did a did a reading of the my immortal ah, yes. fan fiction so you are familiar with with ebony darkness dementia raven way absolutely and yeah, yeah, under- yeah. understand why why morgana is so interested. oh 100 percent. yeah morgana was probably one of the many secretive authors of, of that of that fic i think i, I could picture a 13 year old morgana you know getting up to some my immortal fanfic oh absolutely dude everybody go to ao3 and search for morgana's 13 year old nope nope never mind i, nope. I was i was wrong uh, that didn't work out very well so merlin gets the seal um he brings it back to lancelot who <laughs> he tries to play it off to Gaius. He gives him like a you know uh, a suspicious look. But um, yeah, Lancelot. He he's given this thing and he knows this is his opportunity, but he doesn't want to live a lie. He's a little bit. Um, he feels a little bit bad about this. I think you already covered all this. I got distracted by the Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven mm-hmm. way shit. Um, we, we we didn't talk about this. So yeah, Lancelot is but like, yeah, but I don't want to lie. He, he doesn't want to do it, but, yeah. but Merlin is like, dude, it won't really be a lie because once you get in there, they're going to see you for the person that you really are. And, and that's what matters. And you'll this earn it a piece yourself. Of paper. He specifically says, you're going to earn this right to be a knight yourself. Like it won't be, the piece of paper won't matter because the piece of paper is just to get you in the door. Um mm-hmm. Then he takes uh, Lancelot to his BFF Gwyn, and it's time to uh, do some serious flirting throughout this entire situation. Major flirting. I, I was, I was, I was calling it awkward flirting because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like what Merlin and Arthur do with each other, where they stare at each other and they smirk, and then they like flop their wieners around. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, <laughs> lot of two, wiener they, flopping. They sort of look at each other a little bit more gallantly and like, like, oh, I'm just flustered being in your presence. Um, this is like a major Mister Darcy situation. Um, 
no, uh, Guinevere is helping him suit up. She's taking his measurements so he can get his armor and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, there is that that very that very awkward kind of like two people meet, they immediately kind of have a crush on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's trying to he's trying to be professional. He's trying to be cool. And he's trying to be that that typical uh, chivalric knight. And, um, and she has to touch and, all up on him because she's doing the measurements. So she they're getting mm-hmm. like pretty close to each other. And the camera will every once in a while cut back to Merlin. For all of the world, looking like he's just ready for the party to break out. Like y'all go ahead and strip down. I'll stay in the corner, have a good time. This is this is what Merlin is into. I like to matchmake. This is what and Merlin like mind to, freak is all about. I like baby. to matchmake and I like to spectate, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. Matchmake and spectate. <laughs> um, and as he's like, he's looking back and forth with Lancelot. It's like, okay, I think I need to go. <laughs> um, actually, at, on their way out, you know, Lancelot and Merlin are walking and talking, and Lancelot asks Merlin, "Hey, are you and her like a like a thing?" Um, and he says, uh, no, no, we're just, we're just friends. Meanwhile, he's giving Lancelot the side eye. Cause he was like, oh, I thought you kind of had like, the, I thought you were giving those looks to me. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought all of, I thought we were all going to be, no, I'm okay, not mad. Okay, I'm just okay. disappointed. It's fine. It's totally cool. I mean, like I did get you an end with Arthur, but I'm not going to like, I'm like, I'm not going to demand anything for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not that guy, that but be like, cool. that wouldn't be I mean, cool. anyway, anyway, I guess, um, but you have my number. <laughs> If you want to call me, come by the lab anytime. Like I'll be around. Uh, it's okay. It's no worries. You know, no pressure. No pressure at all. You know what I'm saying? Time to t- time to try out. Time to time to try out. We we get back to the training grounds. We see Lancelot all suited up in his armor. He's nervous as hell. He goes up and introduces himself to Arthur, who immediately just like smacks him in the face when he lets his guard down. Um, and then he's like, "All right, come back when you're ready." Arthur just like just dishing shit out to these poor folks. Um, Lancelot just he just gets. He gets smacked up, but he hops back up on his feet, and he's like, no, 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 I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Uh, and Arthur, of course, his favorite thing to do to test people is to send them to go clean the stables. Yeah, because it's super funny making people do menial tasks when they, you know, when you have power over them. That's uh, super mm-hmm. cool and good, mm-hmm. Arthur. Meanwhile, back at the lab, uh, Lancelot comes in covered in horse shit. Merlin's already there being like, oh, yeah, it's no problem that we, we couldn't do anything with Lancelot. And Gaius immediately knows something is up. Uh and is super angry at Merlin for kind of wasting his magic on this. Uh, and Merlin argues back at him, and it's like, "No, man! Like this is this is what my magic is for. Like to to, you know, I'm, I'm I've got to help him be in this situation because he saved my life. Like if I can't do this, what is the point of having magic at all?" So yeah, Merlin. He if he can't use his magic, then you know. But he wants to. He, he owes Lancelot his life, and he's like, "Screw it! I'm going to do what I always do." Um, Next, we we cut over to um, a very metaphorical scene. We see Lancelot just sharpening his sword mm-hmm. with big long strokes, and um, what? Arthur Excuse comes me? over. Um, <laughs> what what, are you, what is this a metaphor for? Tight yes. in his hand. What's up? What is this a metaphor for? What are you talking about? Um, big long strokes. Uh, what are you trying to say? If, oh come on! If you know, you know. Okay. If, okay. On. Okay. What it, what is a sword if not you know? He's stroking his sword out there, and um, Arthur arrives with his broomstick gripped tight, tight in his hands. Um, and he says, "Hey there, big boy." I don't and like. He throws this. him. He throws him the broomstick, and um, Lancelot, even though he's distracted, he catches it. Um, and this, I mean, we make a lot of jokes about flirting and all that stuff here, but um, the the funniest thing with this is this is such a hunky sword fight that they have. So Arthur tosses him the broomstick, and this is clearly another one of his tests. Uh, and they're gonna have a sword fight with broomsticks. Um, but the sh- those shirts that they're wearing with a little bit of the chest showing, mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, guys, you didn't mm-hmm. have to get sexy about it. Like, there's really no need for all this. Honestly, if I'm in a sword fight, like, I, I'm 
number one, you're already sexy when you sword fight. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. But if you're showing a little cleave, whether that's, yeah. you know. Showing some cleave through your tunic. Oh, man. I love a little cleave. I don't, I don't even care we do, who we it's love from. A little, a little tunic cleave, I dude? Love Forget some about tunic it. Um, they fight. This is uh, kind of a fun fight with broomsticks. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at the at the end of it, Arthur finally just like is able to like hit him in the stomach. Um, yeah. It knocks the wind out of him. But he tells um, Lancelot like, Hey, you passed the test. You can, you know, you can come in tomorrow and like, we'll give you the real test. Like you, you you've done it. Um, yeah. And as soon as that happens, uh, the, the, the bells start ringing and we find out that another village was attacked by the Griffin and all of these wounded villagers are running towards Camelot to, to hide, mm-hmm. Uh, because they're too stupid to know that the Griffin is coming for Camelot. Like, really, right? And, if they and had gone anywhere again, else, it would have been fine. <laughs> the, the knights aren't doing anything. You don't see any help from it. It's always like it's Merlin and Gaius, of course. I mean, sure, Gaius is the court physician, but he's like an old man. Why are they making him like pull these people in? We got Merlin helping out. I feel like Gwen always ends up having to help out. 100%. Nobody does anything around this place. Nobody it Absol- always falls to these these people. Absolutely, um, nobody. Uh, Uther. But yeah, they oh, they hear what happened. They hear there was a village attacked by winged monsters. So Lancelot and Merlin share a look. I don't know why they treat it like these two had this secret the whole time. Did they just not tell anybody about this beast they encountered? Yeah, it seems really weird. Like, it seems like this would be good information for Arthur to have as the guy who's in charge of de- hey, you know, killing Hey, hey, Arthur, thing. nothing weird. I was out picking mushrooms, and I was attacked by this weird beast. Maybe you should know about it. Arthur is like, why were you picking mushrooms? We have a cafeteria for the pours. It's okay. And he's like, like oh, no, I can't I can't do cafeteria gruel anymore, Arthur. I'm gonna, I gotta have- A what for a what, Arthur? <laughs> I don't know what either of those words mean arthur i just wanted some fu- i just wanted some fungus um uther and arthur talk and realize that uh if they track where the the village attacks uh realize that this thing is coming right for camelot uh gaia starts doing some lore research uh and then arthur mm-hmm. gathers his knights in the courtyard and starts running them through drills so that he can um if the if the if the monster comes here they're they're going to be able to fight it um and then yeah yeah that's really that's that's that that's I mean this is this is cool. He's other yelling than at that. Them. Um, uh, Arthur says that he'll move up uh, Lancelot's training to the next morning because he wants him yes. to um, he wants as many good men as he can as soon as he can. Um, so we immediately just cut over to the next morning and it's time for Lancelot's uh, test. Um, of course, he shows the the, the falsified documentation. Uh, it doesn't matter. Arthur doesn't really give a shit about that. Nope. Um, you know, Arthur has already sized him up. And in the same way that he sized up Merlin, you know, after they messed around with each other, um, he was like, you know what? I like this guy. There's something about him, even though he does like to look down on him because of the very clear class system here. Um, Arthur is able to size somebody up. And clearly he, he likes to look a Lance a lot. And, um, you know, that has all led up to this. So here they go. They they start their fight, not commented on, not reacted to, but Lancelot very quickly scores like a meaty hit on Arthur's oh, yeah. head. Yeah, just knocks it. It just smacks yeah. against that helmet. Nothing happens. Nobody does anything about it, but I was like, damn, that looked fucking serious, bro. This is a this is a great fight. Um and I think it's it's full of tension and it's they, they go back and forth a lot and like there's some cool moves. But the the highlight of the show for me is Gwen and Merlin uh, because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. their reactions to things that are going on is so over are so over the top that it's to be ridiculous. At one point, Merlin has like his head, hands on top of his head and he's just like, "What's gonna <laughs> happen next?" At one point, Gwen reaches over and grabs Mer- Merlin's I guess like shitty threadbare shirt that Arthur makes him wear everywhere and like 
pulls him to her because she's so nervous and tense and he like looks down and she says let's go and it's yeah it's very very I, cute. I love it i not to constantly bring up anime but it's one of the things i love in those like dragon ball z or whatever is you get in the commentary or the reactions on the sideline from mm-hmm. the people watching the fight i just I, I love what that adds to these scenes and i love that we get a little bit of that with these two just their over-the-top reactions are are, are so fun it adds a lot um, it's, a, it's a special kind of seasoning it, it adds quite a bit to it but uh, in, a, in a turn of events, Arthur is able to get the better of Lancelot, knocks him down, and just as he walks over to him, we see that Lancelot was playing dead, and he hops up and he and he's able to trip up um, Arthur, knock him on his ass, uh, and points his sword at him, tells him to yield. Uh, and as soon as he does that, of course, all the other knights rush in and grab him because they're like, "That was a dirty tactic." Even though this is, of course, exactly what Arthur did to Lancelot, you know, yes. a couple days mm-hmm. prior. So. Um, he demands that Lancelot get down on his knees, and then um, I don't know what happened after that because I was like, "Oh, I started writing in my notes," and then he knights him, and then but no, 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 we do a scene change then. Yeah, we do a we do a smash cut, so he makes so him get down on his do? knees, <laughs> and then he drags him on his knees into the throne room, uh, and I guess you know making him think the entire time he's going to be executed. We don't see any of this. We just smash cut to him being knighted by Uther. Um, mm-hmm. Morgana is on the sideline, like kind of looking at him with appraisal. She's like, like "Who is this who hunk? Is I didn't this? know we had a new hunk." Does he like zines? Has anybody asked him about the like, zines? She's slowly slipping it out of her pocket. <laughs> it's like Cause I've got a couple here in my robes. Gwen is just pulling them off. It's like, no, 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 no. You give those to me right now. You can't. You can't be handing those to the new knight. Um, what kind of music do you think he likes? <laughs> do you think that he's into Witch Wave? <laughs> Witch wave. Morgana, I don't even what, know about that. What is witch wave? I don't even understand. What is that? You're on a whole section of Spotify that I haven't even seen yet. Witch wave. What is they that? got playlists for that. <laughs> is there a ten essential tracks that I can listen I need, to? Because I, I need them. I got to figure out what's going on here. I need to get into the witch wave. <laughs> is that a real thing, Jeremy? I don't know. Witch house is a thing. Um, and I remember, uh, what is that band? It's, oh, fuck, I'm not going to remember. It's the chick and the dude. Um, oh, it's going to be so, it's so frustrating. I can never remember their name. Um, Purity Ring. Um, oh, Purity Ring? Yeah, Purity Ring was once described to me as Witch House. Um, okay. And I was like, okay, but I don't know anything about Witch Wave. I just made that up. So. <laughs> okay, I'd say that, that sounded so cool to me. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of bands that might that fall into that umbrella anyway. It's not important. Let's stay on. Let's, let's stay, stay on, on target. Let's stay on topic. Uh, so Lancelot is, is a knight, and everyone thinks he's a hunk, and that's great. Yep. But just as Lancelot is leaving, Uther's like, "Hey, Lancelot, I know your fake dad," and he's like, "My fake what? <laughs> My Sorry? fake what?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, last time I checked, he only had four sons." Um, and he's like, "Well, I'm uh, here. I am." That's literally all he says. Is well, here I am. LOL. Um, I will say, and I, I, I respect Lancelot for not leaning into the lie. And saying like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, your highness, I, uh, I'm, you know, the second, I'm a secret child." Like he didn't go. Yeah. He, he was just like he, he technically doesn't. He doesn't lie. Do any lying? Yeah. Really? Other than at, some, at all during this, he just other than handing over the paper yeah. that Merlin gave to him. Um, so you know, because like he can't. He's too pure. He's too pure. Too pure. Um, uh, and Uther seems to drop this uh, until he walks over at, over to Monmouth. Um, Monmouth. Goffrey, Goffrey the Monmouth, uh, and is like, "Hey, you need to go look all this shit up. Like, we need to figure out this." Um, I love this next scene, which is uh, just a collection of people kind of being horny from each other for each other across the room, mm-hmm. and then horny next to each other. So we've got Arthur and uh, dude. We okay, real quick, real quick before we get into Flirt City, we get this wild 
line from from Gaius because Berlin they're talking about the whole situation and and Merlin says doesn't he deserve this meaning the knighthood uh, and Gaius says he does indeed Merlin but destiny and deserts are not the same I don't know what's what? going on with that but it just felt it felt like a heavy name to say you know like just desserts like what you yeah, deserve yeah and what you know destiny I don't know what he even means by that but it was just it was a heavy line that they just throw in there and then we go back to flirt city that's intense that's intense uh but yeah we enter Flirt City. Arthur and Lancelot are checking out Morgana and Gwen, and Arthur's like, "Hey, do you think that she's beautiful?" And Lancelot has only got eyes for Gwen. Like the the, mm-hmm. the sparks are cracking, cracking. Mm-hmm. Is that what sparks do? Sparks crackling. Sparks they do indeed crack. Okay, um, the sparks are flying. Sparks are flying. Um. Um, <laughs> Arthur, meanwhile, is looking at Morgana, um, and like. It's weird because uh, for reasons that would be spoilers. Listen, now, in the moment, it's not weird. Okay, in the moment, yeah, it's not weird. But it's also like, <laughs> and we just have to live with that. We just have to live with it for a little while. But also, he's not like into her, into her, right? Like he's like, yeah, I guess she is. Like he could. I think that I think Arthur's whole thing with Morgana is that he feels like he's supposed to marry her. Exactly. Because that's sort of what everybody assumes, and so I don't know that he necessarily has those feelings for her because I, I think growing up with her. He sort of has a more like familial relationship with her, but because of the way that everybody sees them, I think that's always in the back of his head. So he's like, I mean, yeah, sure, she is beautiful, but like, he doesn't like. I think that that's where it, in my head, Ken, and that's where it stops for Same. Arthur. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, Lancelot is just eyeing up Gwen. Like, can't can't take his eyes off of her. Merlin and Gwen are standing beside each other. Merlin is like, "Hey, what do you think about that Lancelot?" <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know." kind of not kind of not for me and he's like ah, i bet you don't even know what you really like like it's a real flirtatious situation it's very hilarious sometimes i wonder if you'd know your what your type was if you was standing right next to you and then she looks over at merlin who's standing right next to him she's like yeah okay dude yeah um, and he's completely uh, but yeah he's he tells her to pick between arthur and lancelot and she was like i could never choose like that would never happen in a million years like mm, yeah indeed but your Guinevere. name is, is indeed Guinevere. i think this is the first episode that we learned that her name is guinevere by the way we, d- we didn't mention this but when did she know there's no way that they yeah. didn't say guinevere i think that think so i think they did she because it's been to gwen this entire time i don't think anybody's ever called her guinevere until she Damn. was in the uh till she's measuring lancelot for his armor or whatever um and she said, Gwen, I, everyone calls me Gwen, my name is Guinevere or whatever. I think this is that's the first huh. time that we, you know, get confirmation on that. Um, Even if it's not, it's still something that she rarely ever says. Exactly. So the fact yeah. that she pulled it out, she pulled out the Veer card, in the Veer card for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that just shows. Arthur makes a speech toasting Lancelot. Uh, it's very nice. Uh, and then obviously the party is going to, the rager continues. Uh, we don't we don't get to see how the rager is, but the next morning. We just see Merlin and Lancelot in the morning. I love the fact that Merlin got to like hang out at the party all night, dude. Like that's a yeah. really good, yeah. it's, it's dope. Unless this is an hour he later. Got drugged, and, they're, dude. and they're just lightweights. Like it could be either one. But in my, True. In my head canon, this is, the, this, is, this is like 6 a.m. Stumbling upon mm-hmm. Gaius, like waking up and having some coffee the next morning or something. Something. Yeah, but Gaius he has these little cups and he says, "Don't look at it, don't smell it, just drink, just drink it. it." And it's his hangover here. Love it, absolutely love it. And just when they're sitting there having a laugh, they the knights kick the door in, and suddenly Lancelot gets arrested because last night the genealogist was going through the books and he realizes something's not adding up here. Fucking mom, um, and and Lancelot gets dragged before the king and before the bookkeeper. Um, the bookkeeper, the genealogist. Um, and then he's confronted about, you know, this this fake story he's come up with. Uh, and he immediately admits to it. 
Um, and Uther immediately says he's unworthy. Yep. Um, and he never was and he never will be because you're not a nobility and you're full of shit. Um, Arthur, what, you know, Arthur tries to come for the, the defense of, of the, the common man more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, despite what he did, you know, his deception is inexcusable. But only he only did that because he really wanted to serve. And of course, Arthur genuinely believes that because he's tested this dude in battle. You know, um, they've, they've trained together. This guy's already proven himself. Um, you take one good look at him and you're like, yeah, this is this guy wants to help you out. You know, he's a good guy. Um, but uh, Uther's not having any of that. Uther has not um, slapped poles with this man. You know what I mean? Yep. He So he's all he, how can you trust a man who has lied to you? Um, and, and Uther's word is law. So the next thing that we see, it's Merlin coming to see Lancelot in prison. Merlin spends a lot of time <laughs> seeing people locked up in this dungeon. Visiting friends or just being in prison. Um, at least they didn't throw feels rotten. like association with Merlin is not good for your health. At, at least they didn't throw uh, rotten vegetables at Lancelot. Like that would have been, that would have been a little bit, a little true, low. True. Um, I like this exchange because Merlin, of course, is blaming himself and Lancelot won't let him and says, you know, hey, I, I am the one that chose to go along with this. Like you present presented the opportunity but i am the one that took it and ran with it and uh you know this this is this is my burden this is my guilt alone and merlin says well i wish there was something that i could do and lancelot says you can um go ask gwen to come in here i've got some private business with her that i would like to he says says you can (laughs) stop blaming yourself oh that's that's right that's right my bad my bad i'm sorry i was was Um, you gotta uh, stop mixing fan fiction with your podcast notes I'm telling you, separate files. I don't know why you always try to write them in the same Google Doc file. Google Docs is free, bro. Uh, back at the lab, Gaius has finally figured out that this is a griffin. Um, he's gone through all of the monsters. Yeah, dude, books. I figured that out immediately. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like a griffin. Uh, bro, it looks like a griffin. There's some, uh, there's some exchange of like, oh, you know, I, I, I was looking at the monsters that were currently alive and not the legendary monsters that have never been yeah. seen or something. And it's like, okay, whatever. But you're, you're whatever. You're no Sam Winchester. It's so obviously like, a, a, so obviously a Griffin that I forgot you didn't know it was a Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're interrupted by alarm bells, and the creature uh, it has come to attack Camelot. Arthur mm. gathers his knights around him. Uh, they hold their shields out a defensive position. They wait for the creature to attack, which of course it does, knocking several knights over. It finally lands, and they charge at the thing. They go back and forth. I feel like this interaction between live action and cgi is a little better than we've seen in the previous episode uh like this one is better than the one from earlier certainly when lancelot yes. had to fight it it uh-huh. didn't it didn't go so great um, um this, is, this is actually i think reasonable this is okay especially for you know 08 and they, they do enough camera work so that you don't ever have to like really see the two at once but yeah it's fine and and we we get to see um as as maybe amateurs it looks um from like a movie perspective the, the the knights have trained they've come up with this new formation and sure it didn't work but it should have worked and that's kind of the issue here meanwhile lancelot's listening on from his cell he can't do anything and that drives him crazy that he can't help um but they fight this thing for a while and then finally it flies away after arthur stabs it and his spear just snaps in half um so they regroup they go to see uther who is just like um yeah you're just gonna immediately press the attack you're gonna you're gonna keep he does not care to listen to anything that anybody has to say about this typical uther he just wants them to. He's like, nope. You weakened it. Just go after it immediately. Rest for an hour and then hit the road because you're gonna you're gonna fight this thing. Um, and that's where Gaius comes in to be like, hey, hold up. I feel like this is kind of obvious, but like since nobody said it yet, I'm gonna say it's a Griffin. We all knew, do know that, right? And everybody nods as if they already knew, but they didn't know. Um, Once again, I just want uh, I just want to mention because Gaius comes in and is like, 
Sire, I have important information for you. And Uther <laughs> looks at him and says, I don't have time for this physician. As if it's some, yeah, dude, like, as, what? As, as if the janitor walked in and was like, Sire, where do I put this bucket of shit? Like, what do I do with this? Yeah. The human yeah. excrement that, that I have here. And he's like, uh, get it out. No, he's like, get out of here, physician. I'm like, dude, that dude has physicianed your, your son several times. And it's only episode five. That dude's your friend. Yeah, you guys have secrets <laughs> together. Don't be treating him for bad. For some reason, that guy likes you. Yeah, you guys, you guys are like in in it together Ugh. what the fuck man um but he says that this is a creature of magic that can only be killed by magic uther is like no way jose that is not true and i know because i decided that i know it um and arthur is like no i'm pretty sure Gaius is right because i you know i stabbed that thing in the heart with a spear and it didn't do anything um but he's like, nope, screw it, right out and finish it. So this actually reminds me of the scene with um, with Denethor sending Faramir to his to his death, essentially, or what he thinks it would be in the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. where he's like, I don't care, you're gonna go and, and fight the enemy, you're gonna go and save the city, uh, and with the son being like, that's impossible, but okay, I'll go do it anyway, because Arthur already knows that him and his boys can't kill this thing. Yeah, they just tried and nothing worked, and but Uther's like, no, I don't care, I'm sending you out, so. Arthur has no choice but to round up his squad and go out. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to the lab. Merlin and Gaius are talking about how, hey, magic may be banned, but this is the, this you know, we, we have to use magic to kill this thing. Yeah, it's your, it's your only hope. Um, and, or you are their only hope. And Merlin... You are de Arthur's destiny, Merlin. Yeah, and Merlin is a little bit hesitant. Like, you could tell he's... Uh, this, and it's all from a basis of fear, because he, he even kind of lashes out at Gaia, saying, like, you know, I don't see you having to go out there and fight the Griffin. Like, you're just going to yeah, stay like, here. Dude, do you even care what happens to me? Yeah. And then we get the saddest shit in the world from Gaius, where he's like, Merlin, you were the only thing I care about in all this world. I would give my life for you without a thought. But for what? I cannot save Arthur. It's not my destiny. Um... All that destiny stuff is fine. The sentiment is beautiful. But then I'm like, damn, you care about Merlin more than anything in the world? You've known him for five episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about your relationship with you have with no Uther? love in your life until now, my friend? Yeah, yeah. What happened to your family, dude? <laughs> like, come on, man. Really? And I and I think it's just really trying to impart that that uh, parent-child relationship, that, that mentor, you know. Uh -huh. Of, of course, it's just the shortcut to the truth. It's a shortcut to that place that we're always going to be, the way that we're going to look at their relationship. Um, but still, I'm like, damn, that does seem soon to care about him more than anything. This guy? You care about this, this guy? This dude? This little six foot two, hundred twenty five 125-pound guy that does magic all the time? You gotta get out more, guys. You only know two other guys, and one of them's Uther, yeah. so that makes sense, it's, I guess. I guess if, compared to Uther, anybody would be worth devoting your entire life to. Um, <laughs> Arthur decides to let Lancelot go, uh, and I, it's this weird moment where you're like, well, is he letting him go because he feels like it's the right thing to do? Is he letting him go because he knows that Lancelot will follow him and help him in the fight and he knows he needs Lancelot's help, even though he specifically says, they don't, I They can't. don't make it clear at any point what yeah. his intentions were. My perception was he, he knows Lancelot's not going to back down. Exactly. I agree with you. And, I, th I think he was this doing this specifically and saying like, hey, can't follow. Nuh-uh-uh. I didn't leave yeah. a horse out there for you to follow me and a whole suit of armor and a giant lance <laughs> with a magic weapon skill. Uh, I didn't do any of that yeah. for you. That's don't, don't. I think the only thing about it that he doesn't say, he doesn't hint towards it more because I think that even though this is what he wants Lancelot to do, he also knows he might be leading this dude to his death. Yes. So he's not going to imply that. If, if Lancelot decides to leave, that means he's spared this this battle and that's that's a good thing. Um, and despite all of... a pretty complex moment yeah, for Arthur. Despite all of 
Arthur's like seemingly uh, arrogance throughout the most of this episode. Like this is a pretty deep moment where he realizes he can't reward Lancelot for helping him, right? Like, the most he can right. do is let, let let Lancelot go and allow Lancelot the decision to to make his own decision on whether or not he's going to help save Camelot or go and, and live the life of a wandering swordsman. Um, and it's Arthur being like, you know, I have a pretty good guess of what you're going to do. Uh, and, and he's mm-hmm. right, of course. Um, and he, he, you know, Lancelot begs Arthur, like, hey, I want to help you. And Arthur's like, nah, nah, fam, just just go get on your horse and, and get out of here. Um, we jump back over to the lab. Gaius has found the, the magic incantation that Merlin needs, uh, but it's it's mm-hmm. one it's with a lot of power, so Merlin hasn't, hasn't used it. Enchant anything. weapon. Yeah, he needs to level up his faith. He needs to enchant that armament. Um, he gives Merlin a dagger to try it on, uh, so we get get a lot of like just Merlin talking at a dagger for a little while, which is very funny. Yeah. And nothing happens. Nothing at all happens. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's not off to a great start, but now the tension's building, right? Cause the, the, t- the clock is ticking. Um, Lancelot stops in to see Gwen. Um, and as much as he, I'm sure would love to stay a while, he's here for, for weapons and armor. He needs to suit up and he needs to, to go out and help Arthur. He says it's his duty to protect him, whether he's a knight or not. Um, Gwen obviously tells him not to go. Gwen, but Gwen he is must, he must go. Gwen is really um, digging this whole conversation, Chris. Like she is yeah, like, wow, yeah. you were the. I think she even says like you were like the best dude I've ever met in my entire life. He's the best dude. That's yeah. kind of Lancelot's like whole vibe is that he's kind of the best dude. Um, do you have do you have a music secret is swelling account? Because you were like, if not, then you might be the best dude that I have ever met. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, yeah, the music is building. And then the knights ride out. We get some of the, like the drums, kind of like the marching drums mm-hmm. coming over the, the the swelling music. And Merlin keeps trying and failing uh, this enchantment. When Gwen comes in and she's like, "Hey, I just saw Lancelot and he's riding out there." So now you know Merlin just is like, "Shit, I, I I gotta go. I gotta go with Lancelot. I can't let him ride out by himself." Um, and and of course Lancelot tries to tell Merlin to stay behind. He's like, "Hey, you're not a warrior." And he's like, "Bro, I can do this." Um, and so pres- presumably they, they ride off together. But next we see Arthur and his men as they, they ride out into the woods and they begin this this battle. Um, they're effectively riding to their deaths here. So, um, And bef- we don't even get to see any of their fighting. We just catch back up with Lancelot and Merlin riding into the, into the forest. And all we hear is screams in the distance. Yeah. Uh, and it's it sounds pretty vicious. Like it sounds like the the Camelot knights are, are are taking a beating here. By the time they get over there, they're all knocked unconscious, uh, including Arthur. They they look presumably dead until uh, Merlin reaches down and is and is like, oh no no, Arthur's still alive, no big deal. And of course, then it's then that the Griffin attacks, and we get this um, really amazing climatic moment for a show like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Mer- they, the 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 Merlin is what I almost said. The Griffin. Um, it, stands off against Lancelot, who is on a horse with a lance, of course. Um, I didn't mean to rhyme there, sorry. Uh, But they're facing each other down like a long road. Uh, Merlin is to the side. He's trying to cast this spell. They start riding towards one another. The music is swelling. Merlin's doing his thing. The griffin lifts off. Finally, the spell works. Lancelot's entire lance is covered in blue light because he used like you said enchant weapon uh Mm. and once he strikes the griffin it just it fumbles over him and dies almost immediately uh very very fucking cool scene i thought i I love this i I think this is amazing it's a it's a really like cool triumphant moment um 
and and they saved the, you know the best effect for last the way that they're able to shoot it and it just it works super super well um you know more again with the music and everything just comes together at this this great victorious moment um and yeah the he he beats the 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 griffin merlin is cheering but he runs away as soon as he see that arthur is waking up he's like all right i gotta get out of here this is this is lancelot's moment um and then Arthur wakes up and he sees Lancelot on the horizon. And there was a part of me that thought, this is this is it. Lancelot is still going to leave. Yes. Um, and uh, But yeah, he sees him on the horizon silhouetted and then he calls out to him. He's like, you did it. You did it. There's a lot of you did it's going around here. Of course, here. yeah. Um, because, and Arthur just cheers for Lancelot's victory. He was hoping this dude would come through and he did and he proved himself and, and, and Arthur is vindicated because of that. Um, we see Merlin return to Gaius. He's triumphant. They hug. Everybody's happy. And then Arthur goes back to Uther to tell him the good news. And he's who says, you did it. But he's like, no, it wasn't me. It was Lancelot. Um, but it doesn't matter. Uther is Uther. And he immediately casts Lancelot out of the room. Um, and he's left there. Arthur and Uther are left in the room to argue with one another. Uther is not changing his mind. But he's like, you know, he, he listens to Arthur a little bit. And he says, I can tell you're really serious about this. Maybe we can offer the guy a pardon, but I am not giving him knighthood. That is not happening. Yes. He broke the first code. And, and that's that's you can't break the code. And Arthur is like, well, then that must mean that the code is wrong. Because this dude is like a knight through and through. He's everything that we want knights to be. But because of his birth, it doesn't matter. It's um, I, I really appreciate Arthur going to bat for this, like this feels like something that it—I it, mean, it's straight up character development. Number one, like it, it's just—it just, it just mm-hmm. feels good to see Arthur doing this, um, and it—it—it kind of highlights. And I, I just want to bring this back up. Like Uther talks about like this rule being the foundation of Camelot. Like this is the this is the thing that Camelot was built on, and I realize they're doing that for like dramatic um, to, to 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 just have these two opposing ideas. But if you think think back, like. Uther just created this again 20 years ago, maybe like 30 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. feels like he just gave, he created it when Arthur was like 13 to give that dude something to do. Like, so you know what I mean? Like it's so, <laughs> yeah, he basically yeah. created the boy scouts and then said like only boys allowed. Arthur didn't have any friends. So he invented a whole rule. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like he just invented the boy. He invented little league. Congratulations, Uther. And is now yeah. like, no, there has yeah. to be seven teams in little league. It's like, who cares? Like it's little league. <laughs> nobody, nobody matters in this. Um, so, Arthur so eloquently, you know, arguing against this, like, then the code is wrong and getting very passionate. And Uther just, like, hardlining in this just really highlights how uh, horrible Uther is about some of the stuff and how dogmatic he is. Um, because, you know, the basis for this rule, which is we have to, we, we can only trust the people that have swore their allegiance to us uh, and we're only going to use their son's sons or, or what have you, is, is sound. Like, it's good in, in principle, but you can't mm. value the principle more than the people. And and that's right. that's the thing that is always at play between Uther and Arthur, and this is just another example of it. And I, you know, just it's just really well, it's well done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it it continues to be a great source of conflict, but it creates interesting dynamics for these for these characters. Yeah. Um. So as they're having this argument, they're out in the hallway. Lancelot is telling Merlin, "Um, hey, I know it was you that did it. I heard the he re- recites the incantation back to him." Um, cause he was paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. he heard him, uh, and he knows that Merlin uses magic and this is the first person other than Gaius, I think that knows what Merlin did. Um, but he says, your secret's safe with me, but I, that means that I can't take credit for this kill. It wasn't all me. You helped too. Um, and then Lancelot hearing Arthur and Uther arguing, he just steps back into the room 
Um, and he apologizes for bringing strife between them. He's like, I know that this has caused a great argument between you two. It's caused, I've done nothing but cause you tr- trouble. Um, so I will, I will take my leave. I, uh, I'll go somewhere else and maybe one day fate will give me the chance to prove myself. Um, and Arthur says that he already has proved himself. Um, but Lancelot insists, no, this, I, I, I have to go. This, this dude's in it for the real shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, he doesn't just care about uh, becoming a knight. He cares about being a knight, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And he finishes this with like, you know, I have to, I have to prove myself a worthy knight. And of course, Arthur says, "You, you have, you did." And he goes, "No, no, no. I have to do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. I have to prove it to myself." Uh, which is like just on the line for me, where I'm like, "All right, dude, come on. <laughs> like, what do you, yeah. what are you gonna do?" Only, <laughs> only Lancelot yeah. gets to do this. What are you like? What are you, what are you gonna do out there? <laughs> like, what, what exactly is it? Like, are you gonna go save a maiden? Are you gonna go kill a griffin? Like, what, what's happening out there that that you, that you can manage to do this? It, it feels very like yeah. wanderlusty to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go on a quest, and it's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Tucson. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. what? Why are you driving to Tucson, my dude? You're in high school. Like, just, just, just be a normal person listen to the smith yeah, chill just chill yeah um but it's fine because it's lancelot lancelot has his own shit he's got to get through Fucking hunter s thompson over here man. i'm telling you i gotta go write the great camelot novel um yeah. so he decides to leave uh and then literally every major actor in uh camelot has to watch him <laughs> ride his horse out the door yeah morgana finds gwen looking out the window and she's like hey that's my move. that's totally me <laughs> And why haven't um, you distributed yeah, my scenes, just... Quinn? I, f- I, keep, yeah, I found a yeah. whole stack of them in your quarters. Like, what are you doing in my quarters? <laughs> what are you doing in my quarters? <laughs> I don't even live in the castle. What are you doing in there? Yeah. Um, that's private property. Uh, no, there's no such thing. Sorry. There's no such thing as um, private yeah, she's, property. She's, Guinevere is watching Lancelot right away. And Morgana's just like, oh, Gwen. <laughs> um, and then the last scene is we see Gaius talking to Merlin, and he tells Merlin that, hey, Lancelot and your destinies are in, entwined, and I believe that you will meet again. That's a, quite a bold thing to say, Gaius. Would you get that from the dragon who hasn't showed up for two episodes? I don't know. Um, but, of course, I think that's almost more for the viewer, right? You know yes. Lancelot from the Legends. You know this guy has a part to play. Um, so they will meet again. And uh, Merlin does correct uh, Gaius towards the end and calls him Sir Lancelot. Um, yeah. Because so, in Merlin's eyes, he's a knight already. And that's the episode. Uh, our preview is. Um, I didn't actually pay attention to the preview that much. What, what, some I some dude is s- somebody uh, is sick. Something I something I really like about this show is the way that characters, as much as we joke about them flirting or whether the, I don't know if that's a joke or not, they really do flirt. Um, I love the way that the characters in the show seem to genuinely like each other a lot of the time. Um, it's so easy to be cynical about stuff and to be cynical about character dynamics, but the way that. Merlin truly feels indebted to Lancelot. He doesn't get jealous when Gwen starts to like him. There's none of that dynamic. Um, Arthur never is never like, oh, this dude beat the Griffin and I didn't get to do it. Or you know, none of that exists. It's all these people who genuinely like themselves and maybe or like each other. And maybe that's a little you know naive and unrealistic. But I do. I just like that aspect of this. No, it's it's one of the reasons that I'm. Uh, I think the show is so resonant with a lot of people in. And I've talked about this before, but especially in like a post Game of Thrones landscape, um, because mm-hmm. it really feels like Game of Thrones set this 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 idea of everything has to be super dark, every, everybody has to have a secret, everything has to be super violent, everything has to be super bloody or sexy, and and this show is so much more lighthearted in that. 
uh, while still like pulling on some emotional uh, heartstrings, right? Like we're we're not mm-hmm. quite there yet. There's st- but we're gonna get to some points where like these these characters go through genuine emotional d- journeys and strife uh, without a lot of the dark, grim fantasy stuff. Um, and and, right. and and then there's room for both. And I really like the that Merlin, as you said, like it kind of keeps everything lighthearted. Like you know, at, th- at the end of the day, like everyone's kind of having a good time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. n- nobody. And you can still tell emotional. Or harrowing or sad stories without it being cynical yeah, and dark. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's there's different vibes. So I'm glad that Merlin is what it is. I'm glad that Merlin exists as it as it does. And I and I agree with you that a lot of it is just the chemistry um, it, with the actors on the set. Like I think the our four primary young people, right? Morgana, Arthur, Gwen, and Merlin. Um, they they all work so very well together. And then the supporting crew with Gaius and Uther. Or it's just really good. Of course, Lancelot comes in and just like sweeps everybody mm-hmm. off their feet. He's 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 super hunky. So um, it just, it yeah. just works. And I think they use him effectively. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know, not to be like too heavy on spoilers, but we you know we don't see him super often. Um, but I think having a character like that at like the too close to the center of the story can kind of I don't know devalue. He's such a good guy mm-hmm. that like having him around all the time would just be like well. Lancelot will help you. You never have to do anything alone. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a good thing. I like the show, Chris. It's a lot of fun to mm-hmm. to watch, and it's a lot of fun to talk about. So I'm, I'm glad we chose Same. this as our yeah. follow up to Supernatural. Um, yeah, next week, uh, somebody gets sick, and like a magician comes in, and we, do, I think we saw him find out that Merlin is is, uh, is also a magician. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's gonna be some some shit's gonna go down next week. Uh, in the meantime, thank you everybody out there for listening. Uh, we very much appreciate it. If you'd like to support us, you can do so over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Doing that gets you a whole host of exclusive podcasts, gets you access to our Discord server, uh, and other cool stuff. You can also get episodes of this podcast early if you choose to do so. Uh, you can also leave us ratings and reviews. We appreciate the people that have done that. Uh, it's, we're a new podcast, so it means a lot to us when people come out and, and, and talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Share it with your friends. If you know anybody that likes Merlin or likes Game of Thrones or likes fantasy or just likes two people talking about Elden Ring and Berserk for 35 minutes in the outtakes. <laughs> maybe maybe tell them that that's in there too. Just a whole a whole range of stuff. Uh, but thank you very yep. much for everybody. That like we're we're still in the early days of the podcast, and it means a lot that there's been so much support for it. So we we really appreciate it. Yes, thank you everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Merlin. Bye. to quickly make sure I had the right microphone equipped. Ooh. Did you? Oop, I bumped. I did, but I just bumped something, and now I cannot see my computer screen. Come, Come on. on. Come on. Okay, we're back. We're back. It's fine. False alarm. We're fine. Hello. Hello. Hello, professional podcaster. Chris Mosier here. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Extremely well, Chris. And yourself? I am doing wonderful. A few... Uh, mishaps mm-hmm. along the way, but mm-hmm. what good podcaster doesn't have a few rookie maneuvers every episode? Am I right? Every single episode. It's something that you're known for at this point, I think, and that's. The... I might as well. Well, you know, I actually, I probably, as much as I like, complain about them, I'm probably not that well known for them because I think you you do a good enough job <laughs> editing everything <laughs> out that you can't tell. Maybe so. Maybe that. Maybe that is the case. I don't know. <laughs> maybe so. so. I um. I'm doing bad gamer things, Chris.
What do you, uh, what's going on, brother? I'm um so the the platinum for Elden Ring was pretty easy mm. to get, um, especially compared to other uh, Dark Souls games. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Most of the time, you have to collect every single spell, every single ring, every single incantation, every single weapon, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. Usually, it's a huge list of check, like a huge checklist to go through and do. Um, and I actually kind of have fun with that stuff because, like, hey, it, here's some opportunity to like maybe find some stuff that you missed or mm. find a cool weapon or, or whatever. Elden Ring's not like that. Elden Ring. You have to find legendary weapons and legendary spells and legendary talismans, uh, and there's only like ten of each of those. And when I finished the game, I had like ninety percent of them already done. Um, mm-hmm. And granted, I was going through the game like I was scraping it. I was I was trying to do every. Right. I was wringing every bit of content out of it. Uh, but it only took me like an hour and a half or so to put together the rest of it, and then I got the platinum, and then that was it. Uh, but it's not enough for me, Chris. <laughs> I have to I have to do more. So I found a a one hundred percent checklist for every oh. talisman, every weapon, every spell, every cave, every every everything in the game. Uh, and I'm going through that um, on my phone and clicking off the stuff that I already have, and then going to search for the stuff that I don't. Because it's I, not a bad gamer thing if you if you're enjoying it. If it's, it's bringing it's, a, it's bad know, gamer brain. More. It's not playing the game. It's just collecting sure. <laughs> stuff that I'll never use. You that's, know what I'm but saying? That's fine. That's bad gamer brain is when you keep smashing your head against the boss you can't beat instead of doing anything to doing change anything your else. behavior. Yeah, like that's what I did with um, a super super early boss, and as you know, it was. Um, misbegotten warrior and uh crucible knight mm-hmm. is the, the two two on one fight and it shouldn't have been that difficult i kept summoning you and i was still screwing up and getting myself killed uh and then i was like okay i need to like take a step back figure out what's going on here uh and then i realized oh you can parry crucible knight i don't know why that never occurred to me i just assumed that you couldn't looking at him you know you look mm-hmm. at that guy you go no i'm not i'm not trying to parry this man nope. um but when you showed me that video of you fighting a different one i was like oh okay so that's not a big deal i learned how to do that but it was still the or the margin of error was so slim that i would die so easily and i could do so little damage to him um and then I finally was like, let me take a minute. Because I spent three or four days on, on this boss. Um, I had gone other places. I, and I got stuck on another boss. And then came, you know, I was just, it, it was the one sour moment I had with Elden Ring was this pretty, in the grand scheme of things, pretty early boss. Um, and then I just went and I upgraded my weapon a little bit. I went from like a plus six sword to a plus 16 sword because <laughs> I just had not been keeping up with that at all. And I went back and, and I and I killed this this dude in like four or five hits, like no joke. Yeah. Um, the way it, the it was the way the upgrade economy in that game works, I think, is is really is poor because mm-hmm. um, you have two different styles of upgrades, just normal and then somber. Um, in the normal upgrade path, you need like I think it's twelve stones. Um, yeah, twelve, 12 of the stones same stones. per like type of stone, and then there's yeah. ten stones, right? Yeah, exactly. Plus yeah. another one. You end up needing to get to the max. You end up needing ninety-seven stones um, mm-hmm. versus the somber, which you just need nine. Um, yeah. And I think they wanted to be like, oh, well, the standard kind, you can swap the the weapon art on them, and you can do kind of creative things. But what it means is like. For a vast majority of the game on my primary weapon, I couldn't find, like, the stone four. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I found one stone four, I could go through I could go through ten levels because I had found stone five, stone six, stone seven, stone yep. eight. Like, I had a huge that's, number, and, that's, and I, was just, I just couldn't find them. 
And, that, that and that's was... exactly what happened to me at that moment was I, I got stuck because I didn't have any of stone one for the longest time. So I had like a plus three weapon. Um, and I'm thinking like plus three, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> like that's, that's not too bad. It's I'll pretty awesome. With that. Yeah. Um, and then I remember you saying, oh, I had plus six at this point. And I was like, what? And I couldn't find any, any of those plus one stones. They should be easy. And I looked up quickly a guide and this is like what, you know, two days after the game came out and it was like, Hey, where can I find these? Um, and people were saying, oh, these enemies will drop it. And I don't even know if that was true because I never got one from these certain enemies that the guide said, but I, otherwise I didn't really want to look a ton of stuff up unless I absolutely had to. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, surely I'll come upon them eventually. But I never did until finally you were like, yeah, dude, there's a mine. I had just missed it. I went in there, found a ton of upgrade materials, but that got me to that plus six. And then back to my story from before where I'm sitting there I've played so much of the game now but I'm stuck on this weirdly early boss um, and <laughs> finally got like the one plus two stone that I needed <laughs> or whatever it was and then it was like oh okay here's here's 10 11 upgrades immediately you're good to go um, they've they've helped they've done they've done some stuff with that because in the most recent patch they added the ability to buy a handful of Smith one Smith twos from various mm-hmm. like merchants that you find. And I think they've increased drop rates from on those just across the board. Um, I was doing all the night bosses. Cause again, I got the game brain. I got it. I got a hundred percent everything, even though I don't actually so have to. So are the to. night bosses, um, do those like ring wraith looking dudes count as night bosses? Ring wraith looking dudes, the guys on the horses, the night cavalry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those are those. Those okay. are. Okay. I didn't. The... Yeah. I didn't encounter any of those until way after I had beaten the game and done everything, and I'm just like kind of roaming. I was waiting for you to beat the game mm-hmm. before I started a new game plus, because in case you needed to summon me. Um, and then I finally found a couple of those guys. And first of all, I thought it was so fucking cool to be whatever I was eighty hours in at that point and find a new enemy type because i had not seen these guys yeah. and just for whatever reason hadn't explored at night and i just see this guy come like rolling slowly down the road on his on his black steed and i'm like he looks like a ring wraith from lord of the rings this is cool as hell and then i'm like all right i ride towards him and then the boss bar the boss health bar comes up at the bottom i'm like oh shit this is like a legit thing let's do this and then i take one swing at him and he's fucking dead he's dead he's <laughs> absolutely like, oh, dead uh, oh i was supposed to find him yeah a long long time ago <laughs> There's uh there's three types of um night bosses. There's the birds, there's the ring wraiths, and then there's the uh bell hunters. Have you have you encountered any of those guys? Um maybe. So they invade usually around merchants. Uh you'll see like merchants disappear at night. Uh and apparently this dude, like the lore is that he hunts these merchants down so that he can kill them for all of their wares. Oh uh, shit. But the cool thing is uh, and this is cool and also frustrating. Similar situation where I roll into a pretty early game location, like 150 hours into this video game. Get there at <laughs> night, this dude shows up, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I've never seen him. Uh, kill him in two hits, and he drops a bell bearing um, that allows you to buy um, the stuff you need to make arrows infinitely. Um, oh shit yeah and i was like well where the fuck was this because like yeah I, I i had a bow the entire game and i was really like i was really frustrated because like every time i would go from point a to point b i was killing every animal on the way there trying to get these stupid thin animal bones so i could make poison arrows or whatever and i was like you're telling me this dude was there in like hour 10 <laughs> and i just fucking missed him <laughs> like this is so weird. yeah <laughs> i and i think part of that was was some maybe some of the npcs being bugged i don't know if invasions were tied to that you told me about a um you're like oh did you get to the second 
invasion at this point. I won't say it um, because it's kind of it was it was a surprise. But I didn't get it until New Game Plus. Despite everything that I did, that second invasion never came up for me. Uh, and when it did, I was like, "Oh shit! This is what Jeremy was talking about." And I'm like, "All right, let's do this. Let's square up. You're dead in two hits. Okay. All right. All right that's fine. Good, good, that's good. fine. <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, this would have been cool, but um, that's yeah. my only complaint right now is that I. It's it's so interesting seeing all of our friends say that the end game felt like it was maybe a little bit poorly scaled, like there was some really unfair stuff in the end game, um, and that was the that was my time to shine. Finally, at the end game, um, was I, I got stuck on uh, Melania, the where everybody does. Yeah. But when we're talking, I think I probably said this to you on on the mic already. But when I got stuck on Sekiro, that took me over a week to get over that hurdle, and you know, and then with this, yeah, I did just say this to you. Uh, with this, it took me you know a couple hours, and that was it, and it was it was over. Um, but then from then on, the rest of the game was super, super easy. Um, and then going into New Game Plus, I'm still feeling that way. And I'm like, what is like, when does it get hard? <laughs> like, yeah. what is what's going on? Because I do as much as it's really fun to feel overpowered. Um, it, I do want to still have some of that. I want to feel like my actions do matter a little bit, not just be able to like mash one button. I just think that the way that maybe we've taught ourselves to play scaled to Elden Ring makes us um, feel overpowered. I don't want to speak for you, but it makes me feel overpowered because there's so many options for getting stronger <laughs> that you could kind of just like blow the game out of the water. Well, there's, I mean, there's also like the, like there's just the natural language because this is the, I mean, there was Demon Souls, there was Dark mm. 1, 2, and 3, there was Bloodborne, um, there was Sekiro, although, I mean, Sekiro doesn't really kind of fit into this, but, I mean, this is the sixth yeah. or seventh one of these. So, like, as soon as I loaded up this game, I was, like, and found, like, the the first smithing place, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going into a boss until I max out my all my smithing stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. and I did that in, like, Dark Souls 1, but there was also, like, I was... I was real precious about it in Dark Souls 1 because I didn't understand, but I, I I knew instinctively in this game, like, oh, I need to upgrade my weapon. I need to match my weapon to my stat that I want to do. Like, I already had, like, the basic vocabulary, and I feel like that gets you the jump is, is where I have a friend playing this who this is his first Souls game, mm. and he's just really, really frustrated with it. Like, there's a bunch of proper nouns. Nobody really tells me where to go. I was walking along this path, and then I lost my horse, and then I got invaded, even though I was playing offline. And I'm like, dude, that was a computer invasion. It wasn't a real person invasion. <laughs> They're just kind of showing you this yeah. stuff. And he's like, I don't care. It sucked. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just, you know, that, that's a huge advantage in playing these yeah. games. And it's really weird now because I think this game has been such a, a huge hit overall, like worldwide, that it's, 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 it's going to completely change. Like we're no longer in our bubble, right? Like we're no longer right, like it's right. not it's not just you know what's that weird game you're playing, Jeremy? It's oh you're playing you know fucking Elden Ring, and it's gonna be as as maybe not as as pervasive as something like Skyrim, but I think it's gonna get there. Like I think people are just going yeah. to know what it is. Thankfully, it's still got enough of its own DNA that well, thankfully feels like a shitty word to use, but like. Um, I think that there's a lot of younger people who, who look at video games as a place that you jump into to hang out with your friends, whether it's Fortnite or Minecraft or one of those survival games that everybody plays on Steam. You know, you're hanging out in the Call of Duty lobby, and I'm not even trying to like shame that type of player. I just think that that's a very common thing that people do now. Um, and then you get this super obtuse um, multiplayer 
in Elden Ring, and I think that that has kind of put people off a little bit. But I just the only reason I think that that is possibly a good thing is because people need to be able to know what they're getting into, yeah, and and actually like you know I don't know understand what they've signed themselves up for rather than just uh, this is a game we hang out in. Um, it's bonkers, but to yeah, think no, about, this is this uh, is definitely this is this is gone mainstream. So yeah. it means you have to see a lot of opinions about people who like the only. I, I think everybody can have an opinion on anything that they want to have. Um, but I mean, certainly when it comes to video games. <laughs> but I hate seeing takes from people who speak with such authority, and then you look and you go, "Oh, this is your first. This is your first time." Yeah. So why are you speaking with authority? Because you've played every Assassin's Creed game, so now you think that you're the gamer guy. Like, shut up. There was the there was the bad take going around of um, the guy who just couldn't figure out how to play the game and was like, "Why do I have oh, yeah. to fumble through the menu to?" Uh, you know, call my horse. You know, that's it's it's just a one button thing and Red Dead Redemption. And I'm like, well, number one, like, have you never played two video games? Like, a lot of video games <laughs> have different controllers, different controls. Like, I I hate to inform yeah. you about this, but you know, th- sometimes the jump button isn't always X. Like, I hate to mm-hmm, tell you that. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you press up to jump. I don't know, man. Like, it's just a, it's just the way the video game works. Uh, and then people would be like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's just it's really two buttons. You just put it on your quick item thing. And he's like, well, the game never tells you that. And I'm like, the game explains explicitly fucking tells you that like mm-hmm. whether or not you mm-hmm. remember it or pay attention to it or read it <laughs> and there's an argument about like you know tutorialization and accessibility and all that stuff that i don't really want to get into um but it's it's definitely like weird seeing people like hit this game and then bounce off of it and i think the exact opposite is happening in a lot of places because my tiktok is fucking full of people who are doing nothing but like playing Elden Ring in very creative and strange ways. Like it's, mm-hmm, I saw a dude mm-hmm. today make a build where with, through the combination of like four or five different skills, he's just literally walking through a crowd of people, not hitting them. He's walking through a crowd of enemies and just, then they're all bleeding out, out around him. Like they're all just like, psh, psh, like exploding in blood around him because of this weird, like yeah. synergistic, like set of skills that he did. And, I don't know. Like, all that stuff is super cool. Like, I think that's the stuff that's mm-hmm. going to, like, really, like, submit this game as the game of the generation or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, It'll be really interesting to see to see what happens with this. I um, I told you my DLC theory, even though it's pretty much yeah. grounded in nothing. <laughs> no, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think that or uh, that area, or, or maybe this was yours. I can't remember now. Was it the, the area that's after, like, Mog, the, the blood guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, that screams that felt DLC. Like, yeah. You know, we get this named character who you don't ever fight and you don't know a ton about, um, but you hear that name a lot, certainly. Yeah. Um, Felt very Artorius like from Dark Souls 1. Yeah, yeah. And then to me, it seems like a very clear reference to this thing that they have referenced around, but never maybe directly referenced. And again, that's just kind of me taking my own personal thing and saying, that's Griffith. That looks like Griffith to me. Um, but because of that, I'm like connecting dots in my head, I'm like, this is going to be something. I hope that this is something. Um, I just want to see what they can do, you know, and... Um, how they can get creative and how like, you know, the DLC for, for Bloodborne, which I haven't ever finished um, is considered to be like, you know, the best part of that. Or I mean, it's a great part of that. Same thing with dark souls Two. People say the DLC is like the best thing about that game. Um, so really interested to see what, if anything they'll do with this. Cause they never did anything for uh, Sekiro. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, they added boss rush mode and they added, um, different that's true, costumes that's true. and stuff. You can they get they, different they, costumes. Yeah, they they did they did some stuff, but they didn't add. You like, can leave you can leave messages now on the ground, which is interesting. Can you really? 
See, I never, yeah. I never yeah. went back and played any of that stuff. I was just playing it a couple weeks ago, yeah. yeah. And I told you I sold all my upgrade materials by yes. accident. Yeah. You can only get six per run, and I sold like four of them. And I was like, well, well it never- seems as though my attempts at the Platinum have ceased here. Never going to do this again, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and be- I didn't realize it for like 15 minutes. Like I, I did it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I just bought a couple of these things. Like this, I just was not paying attention. Uh, and here I am. Bummer. I'll be curious how the DLC works in within the like scope of an open world environment because, uh, mm. like Dark Souls is such an interconnected world. Uh, but all of the DLCs were like, "Oh, you go interact with a thing, and then you go to another area." Um, and I'm curious if this will be like. Because right now we get a little bit of that, like the the underground stuff in Elden Ring, it seems completely separated. Like it's integrated real well. Like there's elevators mm. and like the places you are. I don't know if you ever bothered to like look at the map and see where you were above things, but a lot of that stuff has like real big lore implications. <laughs> it's really oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'll be curious if you we're just gonna go like interact with a thing in the field and then get taken to a different open world, or if it'll be actually something that connects. So I'm fine with that. I do like the connect tissue stuff yeah i mean me the first um dark souls dlc was like you know time travel <laughs> was yeah. like the sickest thing ever and i was great. so convinced that dark souls 3 was some time travel story and i don't even i know nothing about the dark souls 3 lore um so maybe it is but i was so convinced of that that when i kind of started realizing in places that it wasn't my own headcanon i kind of got disappointed in it yeah <laughs> I um famously, and I think I've said this a bunch on the mic. Like I just I I pushed myself through the Dark Souls three DLC uh, and mm. just did not have any fun with it, and that colored my experience on it on a long long time. And I don't know now that Elden Ring is here. Like I just I don't know. It fixes all of my problems with Dark Souls three. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I just I just kind of don't want to go back to it ever again versus something like dark souls one which I, you know it's fun to kind of play through every once in a while like it's a it's my a only complaint game. about elden ring really other than thinking right now i feel like i'm overpowered um is i can't do i can't do a complete uh vampire hunter d fit because we got a guy named d in the game mm-hmm. who like hunts undead so mm-hmm. i was like well, i want to be vampire hunter d. i don't know if you've ever seen that anime or anything oh, yeah. or read yeah. any of those books um but yeah, i just need i just need a, a sweet hat and I just feel like they're maybe lacking a little bit on sweet hats. There's some sweet hats, but wait, 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 wait. It's not hold a large on, variety. On. Let me see what kind of hat. What kind of hat are you talking about here? We talking like a big old hat hat. Oh, dude, they, those are those are in the game. Like a what? A, what then, like, I, then I need to find one because I can, that's uh, I wanna I wanna do like a holy build so I can kill undead with my sweet katana uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and wear a sweet hat while I do it. Because now I can just go full fashion souls. Nothing can really hurt me. So that's the one thing about being overpowered. Oh yeah. Um, our our buddy Dex is doing a Virgil build right now. Virgil like uh, Devil May Cry Virgil. Uh huh. Uh huh. Very cool. Very cool. Look, the very first hat I think would actually work out pretty well for you in this, Chris. The very first what hat that's listed on the wiki. Let me let me send this to you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Give me hat wiki real quick, and then we can talk about Merlin. <laughs> I just I watched the video um, earlier, or like two seconds of it. It came up on my feed, and I was like morbidly curious. Um, where this guy is hating on Merlin. Uh-huh. And it wasn't like super malicious. It's just like, I don't like the show. I'm going to make fun of it. No, whatever. Um, just something about the way that he was presenting it was, I started watching this show with my girlfriend and I liked it, but then I looked over and realized that she didn't like it. So now I have to make fun of it and pretend like I don't like it. That was this dude's okay. entire well, energy. Well, that's fair, I guess. Like if you really want to take that attitude, that's fine. See, yeah, I do have that hat and it does look like that. But then when you wear it, you look like you're wearing a sorting hat. Oh, Gotcha. 
My problem with that hat because I've, I've I've worn that a few times is that you're you and I both are big sword boys in this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm big magic sword, and you're just big big hunk of iron sword. Uh, yeah. Right now I'm doing two katanas, but I picked the two longest katanas. Yeah. Um, good so I feel very very. I feel like Sephiroth. Um, but your uh your your stuff clips through it, like your your sword will just go right through oh, it. And lo- yeah. It just looks a little weird. Yeah. Um, I did this. I went through this phase for a little while when I was using long swords on uh, you know strapped on my back. Where I would go unarmed so that you could see the sword in the sheath, and then I would ride around on my horse like that. Perfect. <laughs> the sword in the sheath. Perfect. It just felt. It just felt right. That's good. That's good. Other here's another one. I don't remember what this one looks like in the game, but this is just a big hat guy. This is really good content for the Merlin folks. Great content, Merlin folk. You should uh, play Elden Ring. Play Elden Watch, Ring. Go to YouTube.com. Yeah. Search Elden Ring. Maybe you'll find something interesting. Okay, that hat definitely looks like a little bit too big, but I do kind of like it. <laughs> it's a. It's okay. It's kind of. Oh, it's kind of wacky. The big thing that I'm learning going through these hats is that uh, there are a lot of hats that I don't have, and that's gonna. I need to go scratch my game, my gamer brain some more to get all these yeah. hats. Just scrub up some hats. Yeah. All right. Um. I want to ask you about Berserk, but we probably did that last week already. So no, we didn't. We haven't. We actually, I don't think, have talked about Berserk on the microphone. If I don't remember, if should I remember we? Right. We should probably not. Whether, whether we have or yeah. haven't, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> should we wait till next week? Um, I, maybe we did talk about it because maybe I did tell you that I was surprised about how like violent it was and like. Oh yeah. Uh, Every trigger warning you got to put in front of this. Yeah. Not even like yeah. facetiously. Like you've really got to like. If somebody's listening. We did. We, we definitely did know. talk about this because we talked about yeah, like yeah, the period yeah. joke and stuff like that. Um, oh, oh that's my, right. Oh that's my right. god! How do I get this hat? Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. I have not seen hat. Chat is back. Have not seen this bad boy anywhere. I've got to go find this guy immediately. Let me see that hat. Let me see that hat in the chat. Whoa. Oh wait. Hmm. I don't know, but that's I'm gonna have to investigate the hat. We're as gonna well. have to. We're gonna have to do some investigation on that one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'm on volume 15, I think, uh, which is after the Night of the Eclipse, which is the big, like, holy fuck kind of moment. Um, I have since, probably since we recorded, watched the first two movies on Netflix, which I would... Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, it was it was okay. Um, the second mm-hmm. one was better, definitely, just from, like, an action scene perspective. Um, but it still got, like, a lot of those content warnings of, like, oh, here's a dumb period joke. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, man, like it's, it's strange. And I know this makes me sound like a prude. In fact, I think I texted you this the night before last, but, uh, I haven't watched a lot of cartoons where people have like legit sex. You're on, you're uncultured is what you're saying. I'm, I'm uncultured. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Western guy. No, it is, it is, it does kind of hit that uncanny valley thing, especially when it's not something that you like normally see. Like you're used to seeing sword fights in anime. You're not used to seeing sword fights in anime. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a little jarring. It was, it was, I kind of forgot that that's because in, I just recently watched the nineties version of Berserk uh where it's just like, you know, there's nothing's going on. There's like a slow pan across a butt cheek and then you're done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I forgot that the movies have a little bit more going on. Yeah. And, um, and man, just the, the sexual assault stuff is just constant, like throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like, I feel like that's the world that, that dude is trying to create is where, you know, mm-hmm. it's a world where you, you have to pick up a sword and defend yourself or else you're going to get, you're going to get killed. And like, that's Casca's whole like origin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but every every time you meet a woman in that in that book, you're just like, oh, oh, is ca- this gonna happen? Ca- count count down to either the threat or the act, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, Thank, it's, I will say that there are far more characters in the future, women who who do not face that threat constantly. I think that that aspect of it definitely kind of stayed in the '90s a little bit with him. Um, 
So it does get a little bit better. I mean, it's still berserk. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it does get a little bit better. Um, it, it start it start stops just being about guts. It's still mostly about guts, but there's a lot of other characters who are introduced who stick around. And um, spoilers, I guess. Spoilers for characters existing. Yeah, spoilers um. for people you know actually existing in the story. Um. But uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense, and and the stuff with Casca, I think, is. Um, it's either going to draw somebody in, not the actual, like, assault stuff. Whoops, spoilers. Um, but just the aspects of that can really put people off or they can draw people in. I don't know. It's it's, it's very complicated. It's very, very complicated. It just depends on what you're willing to tolerate. And sure. if you're not willing to tolerate it, then it's not for you. It's okay. You can pass it. It's not a big deal. And so far, it's, um, it's been, like, the, the story is pulling me through. And I'm, like, really, really curious how this stuff is all going to play out. Like, the world building is, is really, really fun. Um, so... Mm. I am hitting the point where I probably, like, after 15, I probably need to take a break and read a real book. <laughs> like, I'm feeling like... Yeah, I do that every once in a while with manga. I'm just like, okay. So regardless to... of what it is, I'm like, I need a break. If do, do you have any interest in other manga, do you think, after you finish Berserk? Or is this kind of just like... I don't know. This is your thing, because it's... Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, somebody recommended... Someone recommended Monster to me oh yeah i i was just I, maybe it was me because i would tell you to read monster by naoki urasawa yeah um one of my favorite series it's in my top three for sure um that's more of a modern day um psychological horror thriller action series i yeah. don't know um a doctor saves a child and then that child grows up to be somebody who's awful and he feels responsible for that um so it follows that story it's super super interesting one of the best i've ever read um and then somebody, of course, everybody, because you're, anytime you get anime adjacent, people are shoving Jojo down your throat, and uh, people. Yeah, are, I so. don't. Want, I, yeah, I, I feel like, I just can't get. It. I don't. Know, I can't get into it. <laughs> I want. I tried, dude. The first, and everyone tells you, oh, the, the first volume sucks. And I'm like, well, then you need a better first volume. <laughs> you need a, <laughs> you need to fix that because that's that's not a mm-hmm. good thing. Um, and I feel like at least with Jojo, maybe go the anime route because that's I, what, maybe that's that's what I did. That's, I'm I sorry, that's what I did. Uh, I tried oh, to watch yeah, the first yeah. like couple of episodes of that anime because everybody on the timeline for a while was talking about Jojo. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Um, Okay. Okay. All let's right. talk about let's talk about wizards instead of anime and video okay. games. All let's right. make complete fucking caricatures of ourselves. I will text you now. Instead of waiting like five minutes like I did last time. And now we wait. I hope you're not making any great points right now. Maybe you're on a roll. Maybe you don't even know that anything's happened. But what if you're in the middle of an extended bit and I won't know the backstory on the bit now? No sweat. You said give me a few. I say no sweat. No sweat. No 
sweat. What to do with myself in the interim? Don't have any fun stories to tell. Recently, we did a um, we did a commentary episode on Shrek as a as a fun lark for April Fool's Day. You can find that at patreoncom slash of the week. Um, and in that, I referenced <laughs> being uh, falling down naked. So I'll tell you that story. It's not very funny. It's very tragic. I have family staying with me, so my routine is a little bit thrown off. But uh, everybody was out, so I rushed down, and I was like, I'm going to go take a shower, because the shower's right off, or the bathroom's right off the kitchen. So it's just, you know, it's just a little, you don't have as much privacy as I'm used to. I'm used to being alone. Um, but, I, I, you know, I rushed in and take my shower, and then I realized, ah, shit, I didn't bring a change of clothes down with me. I don't want to put on my dirty clothes and whatever, so I'm like, it's fine. I'll put my towel on. It's no big deal. Um, so I throw my towel on, and unfortunately, as I'm leaving the bathroom, the towel starts to slip a little bit. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. But I do have stuff in my hand. I have a water bottle in my hand. So, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit encumbered. And just then, just as the towel starts to slip, I smash my gigantic size 16 foot on the corner of, of the counter. Um, I just, I was, I went, I took too wide of a turn. It happens. My, I just had a massive bruise heel on one foot because I jammed it on a, on the staircase. Uh, and now I have this, this giant blackened half of my foot. It, it actually looks pretty bad, but it's, it's getting a little better. Anyway, I mashed my foot in really, really bad right on the corner. It hurts super bad. Uh, and you know, when something really like, takes you by surprise, it hurts even worse. Right. So I, I bashed my foot <laughs> and then I completely just ate shit. Cause then I'm trying to pull my towel up and I just completely slipped. And then I fall directly, just all of my weight, just right onto my knee. So now my knee's all fucked up, which is super. I love that for me. Uh, but I haven't, like, it's not often as an adult I find myself just falling. I felt like I got tackled by a linebacker. Um, and I went down so fucking hard, which sucked and it hurt. It still hurts several days later. But the funniest thing of all is that I just now am naked <laughs> with, with just this towel. And because I made so much noise going down, I got my uncle in the other room just calling out to be like, hey, you okay? And then I hear him start to get up. Then I just have to scream, stay away. I'm naked. Stay the fuck away from me. Because now I'm I'm screaming. I'm swearing because I'm all, I'm hurt and I'm embarrassed and I don't know what to do. So they just hear me screaming, stay the fuck away from me. And then finally I managed to scramble back to my feet <laughs> and climb away. Um, and I was just in so much fucking pain. <laughs> um, but I, I got away. <laughs> I made it up the stairs. Um, and, and then I'm just sitting there and I'm in pain and I'm embarrassed and I'm so confused. And then finally, like an hour later, I hobble back downstairs. I'm like, okay, I need ice. <laughs> Everybody's just like, what the fuck happened to you? I'm like, listen, I don't know, but you almost all just saw my ass and I'm very, I'm very glad you didn't for your sakes. Um, so that was, um, that was context to a thing that probably most of you did not hear me reference. Um, and, and there you go. So that's new outtake fodder to, to throw at the end of there. Hopefully I'm even still recording. Who knows what's happening? <laughs>